Welcome to the Leadership Forum. We call this the Leadership Forum. Where we discuss leaders and followers. It's not a political trick. This episode is a repeat of the live session that happens on Monday's mid-morning show with Omboy Mboro. Every once in a while we have to talk about some uh, issues that affect all of us. Featuring the Bishop of Christ is the Answer Ministries, Bishop David Oginde. There are things that one can be able to do in order for them to be able to gets to where they want to go. The Leadership Forum. Leadership Forum, only on Hope FM. Listen and live. We are all set to get running with the Leadership Forum with Bishop of Christ is the Answer Ministries, Bishop David Oginde with us. How have you been, Bishop? Uh, quite well, I would say. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I was just thinking about Easter in terms of this is a leader going through a crisis and exiting. I, I just thought of Easter and celebrating the death and the resurrection of Jesus in relation to leadership forum. Hey. Yeah, I, I just thought <laughs> like that. <laughs> Maybe you can elaborate what, what was in your mind. I was just thinking what happens when a leader is going through crisis? And I thought this is one place where a leader is going through crisis, a leader at a personal level, and he's having to prepare his disciples for that. This crisis uh, will actually end with me exiting. Mm. Yeah, I just thought like that. I thought it was interesting. I, I, we actually talked about it some time back, mm. if you might recall. Eh. When we were talking about how a leader exits and the preparation. The succession. Succession and mm. not succession really, mm. but just the preparation of the people. Yes. And I mentioned that the higher the leader, the longer the preparation he needs to give to his people. Yes. And we use the example of Jesus, that before Jesus left, he just did not leave abruptly. He started talking about, uh, I'm going to Jerusalem. Or um, a time is coming when the Son of Man will be handed over to know. And he kind of began to prepare the, his disciples to uh, really for his, his departure. Mm. And the departure was not going to be a good one. And so he kept dropping hints here and there uh, quite early for, for a period of time. And as the day drew near, Nearer, he gave them more and more details as to how this thing is going to happen and so on and so forth. So by the time he actually was uh, arrested and crucified, his disciples really had almost all the information. He even told them he's going to be arrested. One of you is going to betray me. Uh, at the supper, he said, the person who is sitting next to me is the one who is going to do it. So he prepared them so very well. But it's, you see, they were talking at different wavelengths, if we would say. Yes. Because for the disciples uh, and for Israel as a whole, their belief was the Messiah was coming to deliver them from the oppression of the Romans. And he was going to establish a kingdom so that Israel now had its own kingdom is under its own rulership to overthrow this uh, 
colonialists as it were. Mm-hmm. That was their expectation of the Messiah. So he is talking at one level, they are thinking at another level. And, and if you remember, we talked about people like James and John. For them, when they had, I'm going to Jerusalem, he, they knew now. It is time. The time has come <laughs> for this come. kingdom to be established. Yes. And they were quick to position themselves strategically by asking that when he gets there in that kingdom, one sits on the left and the other one sits on the right. Because their mind, their thinking was that Jesus is going to establish an earthly kingdom. kingdom. And they were not wrong because the prophets had actually said that. It's just that in prophecy, the, 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 the two comings were all put together so that they could not quite distinguish that there was actually a first and a second coming and that this would be a first and this would be a second. Yeah. So that coming back to the issue of preparation with exits, uh, I think Jesus did a great job in terms of preparing them. his people. Yeah, Whether they were prepared was a different <laughs> matter altogether. Yes. Because he, when now it happens, you see that they were actually not prepared. The, the reaction of Peter, for example, when he tells him, uh, he, when he actually says he's going to die, he says, no, you are not going to die. We are ready to defend you. And he actually carries out that, even though Jesus had already rebuked him, Peter was determined to actually defend <laughs> Jesus from that death. With arms need With, be. Yes, mm. and and he did. Uh, people like uh, James and John, as I said, were prepared themselves for positioning, for impact. Uh, you look at Thomas. Thomas did not believe, but he said, he is actually the one who asked that great question. Mm. Show us. Uh, the way so that we can go there with you. Because when he realized he's not talking about the what he had expected, he's saying, where is this you are going? Mm. My father's house, many mansions. <laughs> Tell us how to get there. Yes. And that is when Jesus made that profound statement of, I am the way, the truth, and the life, you know? Mm. Uh, so, you can see that these disciples were in a state of confusion. When now Jesus is finally crucified and died, they were completely lost. Mm. They were completely lost because now they actually do not know what to do. What next? What's next? The man is gone, <laughs> you know. And so even that he told them, go to Jerusalem and wait, you know. So it's... Uh, to me, I think it was a good preparation for mm, all of them. Yeah. But humanly speaking, if we compare with death, the normal death, your parents can call you and say, I think my time is up because of old age or sickness and uh, they just give their will and their wishes, so and so, do this, so and so, do this. But even then, when the person finally dies, there's confusion. Yeah. There's confusion. Mm. So... I don't know whether I'm answering your question. You are. You are. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Before we pick up where we were, I, I, uh, I was thinking of a number of situations that have happened in the, uh, let's call it the recent past. One has to do with Sudan. 
and and three leaders in in three days <laughs> there was a leader who then was replaced by a leader who then stopped uh, who stepped Kept down within three days that was dramatic yes it was yes so i just thought that was interesting in terms of leadership it's it's um it's part of what i was we have been talking about uh in destructive leadership because that kind of leadership and and again for me uh, and, and this is just my own personal analysis of the mm. situation not just of what happened recently but the whole leadership of uh, Omar El Bashir in my view is a leadership that should not even have taken place in the first place he has ruled Sudan in such a negative way that led even to what happened that eventually gave birth to South Sudan that is a kind of leadership that split the nation you know mm. into two he had such a a grand opportunity to build a grand nation is the biggest country in the yeah. in the continent uh, as as it was originally but because of his actions and because of his leadership style the country split into two but even the one he was left with he still was ruling it with such an iron fist and a dictatorial approach that uh, leaders could not thrive under him other leaders other leaders could not thrive under him so he was the the only leader he was the only person and so when now he's moved out of place there is no succession that is clear of course there couldn't have been succession in a cool sense uh normally the the the, the stronger people come in and fill in that vacuum because in any case they are the ones who have created it so you find that is what may, what has led to the kind of place where we are now it shows you that even the army and other people were all divided they were they were and when you have that you don't have a country that is what happened in somalia so that when uh what was his name bare was steered bare yeah mm. some of us may not even know him <laughs> that is over 30 years It's ago it's taken long to remember that <laughs> <laughs> yes but when he moved after today there has been no leader for for somalia and i was actually beginning to fear that sudan might slide into the direction of somalia and it would be a terrible thing for the region god forbid it would be a terrible thing for the region because when there is no leader uh like the bible says then everybody does what they please we have seen it happen in somalia you do not want it to see it happen in, in sudan no, no. so from a leadership perspective i think it is a very sad thing that some of our african leaders do not see beyond themselves they just they are there they are motto they are immortal you know they will be there forever and the nation runs around them and they do everything it is a very destructive way of leading a nation or an organization for that matter mm. yeah 
when the second, the, the one who took leadership, uh, stepped down the mm. following day, mm -hmm. what were your thoughts? Was that a good thing? You see, they're all, because there's this crowd. Yes, crowd. Because you see, first they wanted to install a military government. He said there's going to be a transition for this two years. Then we will have elections. The crowd would not have anything to do with because they didn't want military rule. Mm. So when he realized that this is not working is how he steps down, which in a sense is, uh, we can say, was a good thing if you look at it from... Mm. I thought it was gentlemanly. Yeah, it is gentlemanly. When you realize that this is not working, you step down. It was so in that case. sense, it is a, it's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wish Bashir thought that way. It would Earlier have spared on, it all this. Spared the nation, all the <laughs> trouble that yeah. we have gone through. But mm. he could have stood his ground and lead the nation into a bloodbath. Because that was what was going to happen. This, oh, uh, if he didn't step down, the second person. So, in that sense, it's a good thing. Mm. But you see, the, the the situation is such that then now people begin rising, and another one comes and says, "Now the next leader steps down." Another one comes. So, I, it's not a good thing in that sense to have a leadership vacuum. Mm. Yeah, but there is someone else. So we, we can only hope that this now... At least he's not an elected person. Yes. But he can at least maybe lead the people For now towards, into... yes. That's mm. our hope. That's, That's our hope. prayer. Yeah. That he will lead the people in the right direction. Mm. And eventually the nation settles down. Hopefully they go to elections and yes. the right person is elected and mm. the nation moves forward. That would be our prayer. We pray. Mm -hmm. All right. We In pray. fact, for me, what 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 that brought to mind? Mm. Now, coming back to our own context, mm. and I thought to myself that with all the troubles that we have faced politically, mm. and all the challenges in Kenya, in Kenya mm -hmm. and the challenges that we go through as a people, the fact that we have elections, mm. some of us may not think they are good elections. But, but we have elections. They, they bring <laughs> they bring leaders yeah. on board, and those leaders then we accept them. Sometimes accept and move on. Sometimes accept, but it gives us a peaceful transition. And Kenya has known peaceful transitions ever since independence. That is a good thing. That's something that we should thank God for. Mm. That our country, in spite of all the challenges we face, somehow our transitions uh, come and go and we move on. I think the worst was 2007, 2008. Yes. And even that was, we were able to bring it back in control and God helped us to move on. That is something we should pray that is not taken away from us yes. because when you get to a place where people just impose themselves into leadership it is not a good thing yeah it's not a good thing yeah okay. so that came to mind when i looked at our own country and i thanked god yeah we should be <laughs> we should have grateful hearts yes we should thank god for that elections that elections <laughs> happen in this place they do whether they are rigged 
or they are done openly they happen they happen and we expect them to happen right from the grassroots yeah. all the way to the presidential elections all right the elections happen and we have transitions mm. that give us leaders that we can follow all right that is a good thing okay and we should protect yeah yeah okay uh, and finally uh, just at the current affairs uh, level uh team the workings of teams the the formations of teams and and where we are just coming from in terms of our leadership forum discussions that has to do with the forming of teams and i was wondering what your what's been on your mind as as jubilee has become kind of two camps what are they calling them there's a tanga tanga and <laughs> very strange names. names anyway what has been on your mind about that in terms of team work and team working uh i think we dis- we talked about this sometime back because uh, I know when we are talking about teams, we talk about the storming stage where there's internal strife among teams and they fight one another. And I do remember I said at that time that Jubilee is not at storming stage. This, what we are seeing is not storming. This is fighting. <laughs> Isn't it that storming? It is, it, no, 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 no. No, this is, uh, storming happened in 2013. Not now. Hmm. Because you see, the storming stage of team formation comes because people do not know one another. Yes. And their anxieties and uncertainties as to how this team is going to move forward. So because of the suspicions that are there within team members and everybody trying to put their best foot forward, sometimes that foot goes into somebody else's mouth. <laughs> and fights erupt. That is what brings about the storming stage in team formation. What we are seeing in Jubilee is not that. These are deliberate, strategic, well-planned and orchestrated fights. That is not part of team formation. That is now what you call politics. So what we see, and even in organization, that happens, by the way. Uh, politics within organization, they they go the way the Jubilee is going. So that has nothing to do with the stages of a team? No. Okay. This is the politics within a team. And as I said, it is not just in the... When we talk about politics here, it's not the uh, the politics of parties and, uh, and, and what we know no. as politics. But the Politics is the games that people play within an organization or within a team. And usually it has to do with power. <laughs> when we talked about power, yes. you remember. Yes. Uh, the power plays mm. and people wanting to position themselves where they are in control, whether of the team, mm. of the resources, mm. of the organization, those are the things that bring about politics because politics have to do with power and power uh, as we said is the ability to make things happen yes yes so when people want to take an organization in a particular direction they get into politics and so you will see things happen among people and especially those at the 
top leadership level. Mm -hmm. Politics is usually played at the top, rarely at the bottom. The bottom usually follows, you know. Okay. So the politics at the top is usually about control. And it could be control of the team. Mm -hmm. It could be control of the organization. It could be control of resources. Whatever that control is, is what people are fighting over. So when that happens, people strategize. People break into camps and into groups. And there are schemings underground on how to get sideline some people and get some people on board. That is what we call politics. And it happens in organizations just like it happens at national level. So that is what is happening. It has nothing to do with team formation or team stages. It is about control. So with the leader, uh, in this case the president, uh, term coming to an end and is not going to be in leadership again. You never saw this thing happen in the in first. first term. Mm. No, because the president was going to still offer himself for a second term. So the fight, therefore, at that time, the politics of that time was party-oriented. The Jubilee Party versus other parties. And the control they want is Jubilee to remain in, in control. Mm and to get these other people out. Now, once they got that position where they are in control, now with the leader going, the next thing now within the party itself, who is going to be the next leader? And now power plays come, uh, come forth, you know, so that now there are internal power plays that are going on again still with the matter of control who is going to be in control of this party and by uh, extension of the nation. And that is what we are seeing playing out. So what, what happens? What, do you just let the politics go? What happens? Who, who lets the politics go? In, in, your, in your studies of leadership, Yes. when in an organization mm -hmm. under whatever circumstances politics has arisen right do you just let it run its course as a leader as a leader no who does what who should do what then there is no leadership all right because the leader yes has to navigate and manage and control that politics so that it does not derail the organization that is the responsibility of a leader. Of a leader. That you, you manage, you cannot totally eliminate the politics, especially in transition. You cannot eliminate the politics. Altogether. Altogether. Uh. Uh, again, we go back to Jesus. There was politics in the group. John and James. Not just him. Mm. Not just them. Mm. You do remember that when uh, the pe other people learned about James and John. They were very indignant. Yes. Why were they indignant? Because those two, they were eyeing certain positions. It was not that they eyeing, but it's that. <laughs> remember now this this. Uh, remember this. Mm -hmm. 
there were two brothers, two sets of brothers in Jesus' team. Yes. James and John, Peter, Peter and, and Andrew, Andrew. Yes. and then the others. Yes. When Peter and uh, James and John went ahead to claim this position, mm. you must remember that Jesus, when he was, he had asked a question. He asked, "Who do people say that I am?" That I am. Peter is the one who answered, "You are the Messiah," and Jesus goes ahead to say, "Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you." Upon this rock shall I build my church. My church. Now, what is the expectation that Peter yes. <laughs> is the leader? Okay. At least based on this word. Based on this word. Yes. And you see Peter taking that leadership role sometimes beyond what he should she should do. And uh Jesus has to keep bringing these people back. You know, even that case of James and John, he still tries to tell them these positions are not for you. It are not even for me to grant. Mm. What you need is to concentrate on offering service. You know what you have been hearing the, the president and the deputy president saying, mm. let us focus on development. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jesus is also saying the same. <laughs> Let's focus on development. Yeah. You know, serve the people and God will give you the positions when they come. But underlying, you see their undercurrents. How do I know that they are undercurrents? Yes. How do you know? How, yes. After the resurrection, uh, Peter has denied Jesus and Jesus comes kind of to restore him. And after breakfast or during breakfast, he asks Peter, do you love me? Three times he asks. Mm -hmm. Peter gets to that broken level where he realizes that this is more than just the question. The question. Mm -hmm. And he tells Jesus, you, you know all things. And I think he's very remorseful. And Jesus restores him and says, feed my lamb, mm. you know, and so on and so forth. Mm. The Bible says immediately after that, they stood and went with Jesus. And they are walking with Jesus. Peter is happy that he has been restored. He looks back and he sees John coming. Following. Following. Yes. And he tells Jesus, he asks Jesus, where does this one think he's going? <laughs> Your words. <laughs> Not my words. It is written in the Bible. Not exactly like <laughs> Not that. Not exactly like that. But yes. with those similar kinds of words. Where right. does he think it's going, you mm. know? It's like he's interrupting <laughs> what has just started, this you know, thing. this thing. Uh -huh. So Jesus then says, uh, what is it to you if uh, I even want him to stay until I come back? And then rumors started going around that Jesus had said, John will not die until he comes back. What I see there is still the same power play going on because this John is, by the way, John was, in my view, not a very humble person <laughs> because in his letters he kept saying the disciple Jesus loved, <laughs> loved yes. you know, the loved. one who was lying on his mm. bosom, uh, etc., etc. So obviously the rest of the disciples must not have thought very nicely and kindly you know, about it. writing that, <laughs> yes. You know? But now, 
it is like John wants to take over the position that Peter has just had been told earlier and has been just restored to take up again. Now this man who wanted to position himself on the left and the right is following. And in all probability, he might convince Jesus (laughs) to, to, to take this thing again. And so you see power politics again playing there because of the control of the church Mm. who is going to be left in charge because jesus again is going you know Mm. so that politics is something that happens but in uh, in every of these occasions what you notice that jesus takes control he does he does he takes control he brings people back to focus he diffuses the tension as it were he focuses them to god uh so that they are they they understand that these leadership things are not just about being granted but they come from god and so on so that they can focus on what they are called to do that is the role of the leader the leader must help the people to refocus Mm -hmm. and to um keep the main thing the main thing which is to build the organization and take it to where it ought to go while at the same time managing that transition in the best way possible so that things don't fall apart so you can't just sit there as a leader and let politics play out politics generally is destructive Mm. by its nature it's destructive because it's power power plays and when people play politics, you can be sure business is happening. Mm. Whether it is in a family, it's an organization, it is in a nation, business is not happening. When sibling rivalry took place in the house of Jacob, mm. where the 11 felt that Joseph was preferred against them, they focused their energies on how to kill Joseph. Business was not happening. So politics always destroys, whether it's in family, when there are brothers fighting, sisters fighting, you can be sure they're not pulling together. And a good parent will want to step into that situation, call the children and clarify things, diffuse the tension and help people get back on track. Mm. Yeah. It is the leadership role. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there, there is more that the leader of the specific team we were talking about can do. If you're a leader, mm. the buck stops with you. Okay. Yeah. It's not just there's more you can do. There is more that you must do that you must as a leader. Do. Let me let me uh, put this in in a different perspective, where politics can totally destroy a nation. If a leader is part of the or gets to be part of the politics, then you are in big trouble. Or perceived? No, no. Perceive is okay. Perceive, perceive people is okay. are free to perceive whatever they want to perceive. Okay. Yeah, and and you can't stop people from perceiving. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, people will always 
uh, read between the lines and mm. uh, innuendos and all those kinds of those you can't that you can't stop people okay. from doing okay. you know but I'm talking about in reality a leader is actually engaged or part uh, is part of the politics that is going on especially at transition time that puts the organization into big trouble because now there is no driver mm. yeah there is no uh, there's no person neutral kind of person who can pull people together if if the leader himself or herself is part of the ongoing intrigues and power plays yes. then that now in my view is a dangerous place to be so a leader must always remove themselves from, from the, the politics. politics of the organization all right so that they be, they play the role of referee they play the role of bringing people together clarifying issues mm. very important but when the leader himself has got himself into himself or herself into the politics of the organization then who can help you who will help the others mm. because politics has a sense of division you are either for us or against, or against us so it means that if the leader is part of it then it means he or she is in one camp mm-hmm. with others and then there is another camp so that other camp will suffer because the leader is on this other camp and that can sometimes be bloody that is where sometimes you see like what has happened in the sudan where the the one camp feels now this one we can only overthrow you know mm. yeah because it's no no one now you can refer to the reference point himself or herself as we become part of the game of the politics mm. all right all right that's the uh, the what i would add to the okay. role of leadership all right in politics all right thank you thank you bishop understood so last time uh let me see where we got to last time uh we were talking about things like narcissism how do you say it i realized uh we kind of have a tonal difference <laughs> in saying that i think word. i think it, it depends on which school you went to i think so yeah i call it narcissism and i call it narcissism yeah you, you see nas- you, you, you go i yeah, up there yeah. yes i go down okay. you know as usual whatever it is yes <laughs> okay uh we talked about negative life themes this is the making of a destructive leader yes uh we talked about ideology of hate mm. this man comes with an ideology of hate characteristic in an individual so that if you don't agree you are perceived with hatred as an enemy mm-hmm. that deserves to be finished vanquished <laughs> <laughs> you used finished but vanquished is is quite strong. destroyed yes yes that's where we were the making of our destructive leader right all right so we stopped at ideology of hate so that is part of the toxic triangle uh-huh. and we said that the toxic triangle has three components 
the leader, the destructive leader. Yes. Then we talked about the, the susceptible, susceptible followers. Did we also call them gullible? We will talk about that. Okay. Then we have the uh, environment. An enabling environment. An enabling environment. All right. So basically we have spent those five areas uh, characteristics were of the destructive leader, the person uh-huh. that can lead to destructive leadership. You know, leader and leadership are different at what we are trying to distinguish. Mm. Yes. Leader and leadership are different. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. They are. They are. One has yeah. ship at the end. <laughs> then we have... Uh, now we can go to the susceptible followers. Uh-huh. These are, we said these, these three contribute or can contribute to destructive leadership. Yes. So susceptible followers are of two kinds. One? One are what we call conformers. They're conforming to something. To they who? conform. What Paul says you should not do. Oh, do not be conformed to <laughs> yes, the patterns of this world. Of this so world. These, these people are conformers. They, they, they follow the leader and allow the leader to do whatever he or she wants to do. Then they conform. Then they conform. So whatever the leader does is right. Ours is to follow. They never question. You can even see a bad thing happening, but you passively allow. So the word there is passively. Mm. Allowing, do nothing, see nothing. So it's a passive way of just letting things happen. And... uh, Many times this can be as a result of either uh, unmet needs. The person allows the leader to do what they want to do because they believe that in the leader they can benefit. They have their own personal needs. If this leader is affected, then I will also be affected. So let's, let's just allow them. In the process, I benefit. Mm. So you'll find that this kind of followers... Are, uh, we'll define them in a little later. Yes. But they become psychophants. Oh. They, they just allow the leader to do what he, whatever what? he does because they benefit as a result of this person being in leadership because of their own needs. Okay. So it's a selfish way of following. Ah, uh, Okay. And this happens in all contexts. Join us next week for the second episode of the Leadership Forum.